Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at chapters 10 through 12 of Acts. This concludes the first half of the book. We know that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures. He was the promised Messiah of the Jews and the promised gift of the Spirit came upon the Jews. But Jesus made it clear and truthfully the Old Testament is pretty clear that the gospel, the good news of Jesus was for all people and he commanded his followers that they were to go and share that gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the remotest parts of the earth. Acts 1 after Pentecost, the believers in Jesus stayed in Jerusalem until the first martyr of Jesus, the stoning of Stephen, in Acts chapter 7. Acts 8.1 reads, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death, and on that day a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. We then read about Philip, one of the other deacons, being led to share Christ with an Ethiopian eunuch who had come to Jerusalem to worship. So he may have been a proselyte, a Gentile who joined the Jewish faith. He was reading Isaiah, and after Philip explained Jesus to him, he believed and was baptized. So the good news was heading to Ethiopia. Chapter 9, Saul, a young Jewish leader, had an encounter with the Lord Jesus. The Lord told Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. Chapter 9, verse 15. Barnabas befriends him, and Saul met the apostles in Jerusalem. But conflict arose, so they sent him to Tarsus. Peter ends up in Joppa, a Mediterranean coastal city with a tanner named Simon in Acts chapter 9 verse 43 and this leads us to chapter 10. North of Joppa was another coastal city, Caesarea, where a centurion of the Italian battalion named Cornelius lived. He was a Gentile, but he feared God as well as his whole household. He gave alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continuously. A vision came to him and the Lord said, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. Verses 5 and 6. On the next day, Peter was praying and fell into a trance, which showed him a big sheet coming down from heaven and all kinds of animals and creatures, which were not kosher. And a voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, no way, I've never eaten anything unholy or unclean. This happened three times. This bothered Peter. Then the men who had been sent by Cornelius arrived, having asked directions for Simon's house. I love that little note because it reminds me that God is a God of perfect timing. 
Peter was still thinking about the vision. And then the spirit said, behold, three men are looking for you. Go with them without any misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Peter went with them on the next day to see Cornelius. Now Cornelius was so excited that he had called all his relatives and close friends to come and hear Peter. When he arrived, Cornelius knelt before him, but Peter said, Stand up, I too am just a man. Peter began by saying that a Jew should not associate or visit with a foreigner, yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. Verse 28. I love what Cornelius said to Peter in verse 33b. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Peter opened his mouth and said some beautiful words. Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Verses 34 and 35. That is his thesis. Verses 36 through 41. Peter explained who Jesus is and what he did on the cross and his resurrection. One thing that I realized this year deals with verse 41. Jesus, when he arose, did not show himself to all people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. He didn't go to the Jewish leaders that put him to death and say, Oh yeah, you can't keep me down. Uh Uh-uh. He didn't reveal himself to Pilate. At least we don't have any record of it. He revealed himself to his people because they would be the eyewitnesses of the good news. Verses 42 and 43. Peter shared their mission, which ends with everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin. And while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to his message. Verse 45 tells us that all the circumcised believers that came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And they were hearing them speak with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter said in verse 47, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? Interestingly, there is no mention of circumcising them. Well, news carried fast. Before Peter got back to Jerusalem, they had heard that Gentiles had also received the word of God. Now, some in the Jewish church were not happy because these men were not circumcised. One thing I love about the King James Version is verse 4 reads, But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them. I can just see Peter walking from Caesarea to Jerusalem and rehearsing in his mind over and over as to how he should explain what had happened. He tells them this story and then ends with, It happened just as with us, chapter 11, verse 15. And with Jesus's words, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, verse 16. And then, therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also, after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Amen. 
Now, I love the response in the King James Version again. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto life. They held their peace this time, but the issue was far from over. Now, because of the dispersion due to Stephen's death, believers went up the coast of the Mediterranean Sea into the area of Phoenicia and then to the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean Sea and Antioch, which was located north in Syria, also a coastal city. At first, the believers preached only to the Jews, but then there were some believers who were from Cyprus, the island, and Cyrene, which is the coastal city in Africa, and they preached to the Greeks. Verse 21 says that a great number believed and turned to the Lord. These were non-Jews. Again, news came to the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to go as far north as Antioch to check it out. He saw genuine faith and he was glad. Barnabas then went to Tarsus to find Saul and brought him back to Antioch. They stayed there a whole year and assembled themselves with the church and taught them. Verse 26b, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. A Christian means follower of Christ. I've also heard it means little Christ. According to E.J. Bickerman, it means slaves of Christ. I've also heard it was a derogatory name at first. According to my New American Standard Study Bible, the young church at Antioch was a curious mixture of Jews who spoke Greek and Aramaic and Gentiles. It is significant that this is the first place where the believers were called Christians or Christ ones because all they had in common was Christ, not race, culture, or even language. Christ can cross all boundaries and unify all people. Verse 28 tells us that one of them, Agabus, was told by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world during the reign of Claudius, the Roman emperor, which was A.D. 41 to 54. And they decided to take up a collection to help the brothers living in Judea. The new church was helping the mother church. They sent it with Barnabas and Saul to the elders in Jerusalem. This is the first time we see the terminology of elders with regards to the church. In Jerusalem, Herod killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. This was the first apostle to be killed. He then arrested Peter, and verse 5 reads, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. An angel came and freed Peter of his chains, and he walked through the prison and to a street, and the angel left him. Peter realized he wasn't dreaming, verse 12, and when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. He knocked, and a servant girl, Rhoda, came to the door. She recognized his voice, but was so excited that she didn't let him in. She ran and told the people, but they thought she was crazy. They came and they opened the door and there he was. God answered their prayer. He explained what happened. Then Peter said, report these things to James and the brethren. 
Then he left and went to another place. This James was Jesus's half-brother who ended up becoming the head of the Jerusalem church. Chapter 12 ends with Herod and the soldiers confused as to how Peter escaped. So he left Judea and went to Caesarea and the people there cried out about Herod, the voice of a God and not a man. And an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and died. The word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. Verse 24. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem to Antioch after fulfilling their mission, and they took with them John Mark. This is the John Mark who probably wrote the Gospel of Mark. Sometimes I think the church of today has become like the Jews were. It is unlawful for us to associate or visit with anyone non-Christian. Ladies, that is not scriptural. We are to be in the world, but not of it. Have we allowed our religion to block the way of what scripture says? Do we stand in our little circle of religious friends or do we venture out and share Christ to people not like us? The good news is for everyone. Are there prejudices that stand in our way that we need to confess and ask Jesus to break it up in our hearts like he did with Peter? Another thing that I love is that not only was God working in Peter's life, but he was also working in Cornelius's life at the same time. So they were both ready for the transformation. He'll do that with us too. So if you hear his voice today, please don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's say yes, Lord, and obey. Until next time, and thanks for listening.